This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. What's good in your neighborhood? Welcome back into the show. Coming up tonight, UFC San Diego. The main event, Dominic Cruz takes on Marlon Cheeto Vera. Coming up in a little while here on Tapped Out. Cheeto Vera actually sat out with our own Brendan Tobin and myself earlier this week. So you'll get a chance to hear from Marlon Cheeto Vera. But before that, get a chance to hear from our next guest, Andrew Gamba, CBS betting analyst. Speaking of that Cheeto Vera and uh, Dominic Cruz fight, which way are you leading in this one, Andrew? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Exciting event for uh, UFC San Diego. I'm picking Marlon Vera to win. I don't think there's any value on his current line, though. I do think he has the finishing upside. I think he's going to have the bigger moments. Cruz may mix in takedowns, but I struggle to see him holding down Vera for long periods of time. So long story short, I'm picking Vera, but I have no bets on the fight. I understand that. Like, what is um, – if anybody was interested in Dominic Cruz, like, how much do you – buy that he's got a lot left in the tank like how like a guy who's typically been around as long as he have as long as he has people can say like ah it's a little bit long in the tooth but dominic is one of these guys like you know he, he just seems to push through even with all the adversities had through the injuries and whatnot so if somebody was interested in going with the dominator tonight pedigree style like what are the things that you think uh, he brings to this fight that could give cheeto a challenge Yeah, so Dominic Cruz is a competitor, first and foremost. I think there have been plenty of times where people, including myself, have counted him out. He's had many injuries. He's come back from those injuries, long layoffs, went into fights as an underdog or went into fights in closely lined fights like the Pedro Munoz fight in his last one. He went out there, overcame some adversity early on, got his hand raised. So I think he's first and foremost a competitor. Second, he can fight through adversity. And third, he's always going to be a wrestler at heart. And those are the kind of guys I like to back personally. Um, But again, to your point, he's been around for a long time. He's in his mid-30s now, which usually doesn't fare well for bantamweights. So this is an interesting test for him considering the implications if he does win this fight. And his footwork is orgasmic. I tried to tell you that earlier today, BT. Absolutely Very strong orgasmic. word, my I friend. I watch that stuff all night long. Andrew Gomba, CBS betting analyst, joining us here on Tapped Out. Let's spin the wheels forward a little bit. Coming up next week, UFC 278. Kamaru Usman, the pound-for-pound king, takes on Leon Edwards. We saw this fight a long-ass time ago. Does that first time around mean anything for this fight coming up next week? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't think so. I think this is a completely different fight. I think that was probably six or seven years ago now. That fight was taking place, buried on a fight night card. Now it's headlining a pay-per-view. So that just speaks to where these guys are at in their careers. Um, Kamaru Usman got the better of Leon. 
Leon Edwards hasn't lost a single fight since then, which is pretty remarkable. Obviously, Kamaru Usman, widely widely regarded as one of the best uh, 170-pounders to ever live. So I'm really excited for this fight. I do think that Usman has that wrestling advantage, which he brings into most fights. Obviously, his past couple with Covington, it's been a little bit negated, so we've seen more of his stand his stand-up. And his stand-up's much improved from the first time he fought Leon Edwards. But Leon Edwards is an improved fighter as well. He's on a winning streak right now. I can't wait for this one. I'm picking Kamaru Usman to win, but don't get me wrong. This is not going to be an easy night for him. Uh, what do you make of the line right now, Andrew? Like right now, I think it's like a minus 340 for Usman. Edwards, you know, it's about three to one for right now in this fight. Do you think that's about right? Do you feel like Usman should be a bigger favorite in this one for as dominant as he's been? Um, what, what do you think about where the line's at right now? Yeah, I do think that's a pretty fair line. I mean, Usman just has this special cardio, special wrestling ability. He's even improved his striking a ton. So there's such there's such little holes in his game. It's hard to see him losing this fight. But Leon Edwards is a good striker in his own right. He's not a bad grappler either. So I think three to one is probably about right for Usman. You could even make a case for four to one. I do think this is an up an uphill battle for Edwards. I am curious to see. Um, I wish I had a crystal ball to see into the future to see how much longer Kamaru Usman sticks around. He's had some knee issues in the past that he's been pretty open about. So who knows how. Um, how close to his prime he is physically, but he's just so much better than the field for the most part that it seems to not matter. So I think Kamaru Usman is a justified heavy favorite on Saturday. I don't see him slowing down or getting old. I just see maybe, and this is me, not him, getting a little bit bored. I mean, how many times are you going to completely lap your competition? If he takes out Leon Edwards, that'll be Leon twice. You mentioned Colby twice. He's already taken care of BT's boy Mazadal twice. Like, at what point do you just jump ship? And I'm not saying you take over a microphone or something like that, but maybe move up a weight class or something if you're Usman. Yeah, well, he's even talked about moving up to 205 pounds, which would be – that'd be something special. I've never really seen someone jump a weight class like that. But why not? I mean, th that's one of the rare times where he's been – where the champion has been so dominant, he doesn't want to fight his friend up at 185 pounds where I wouldn't mind seeing him jump up two weights, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, I'm sure he gets really big when he's not in camp. He could probably get, if he didn't have to cut back to 170 after, he could really just bulk up for a fight with Jiri or Jan Blahovic or someone like that. I personally would be interested in that. And I mean, who knows what happens with Adesanya and Pereira in November. But if Pereira gets the jump on Adesanya, I wouldn't be shocked to see Usman go up to 185 pounds and take on uh, Pereira and try to avenge his friend. That, that that not fighting your friend thing is goofy. I don't get it. Like, this is the top of the fighting world. This is the UFC. Go out there, and I don't care if he's your best friend. I don't care if he's your brother. Go out there and get paid, and then hug and kiss afterwards. If that did ever happen, we got a chance to see Usman step into the cage with Adesanya. Which way did you lean? Even money. Oh, that's a tough one. I think I'd have to lean Adesanya uh, just because of the size. But then again, Adesanya hasn't really fought – Middleweight doesn't really have those chain wrestlers that 170 pounds does. So Kamaru Usman going up would actually be interesting for me. It's not one of those fights where I look at it and say, oh, uh, Adesanya would definitely win or, oh, Usman would definitely win. I think that's a really good fight. I do think Adesanya is a little too big for him, though. Adesanya probably does get taken down in that fight. He probably gets back up to his feet, something that he's really good at. We saw him fight off takedowns against the cage against Marvin Vittori. He's very good at it for a non-wrestler, but again – 
there are no wrestlers of the caliber of Kamaru Usman up at 185 pounds. So that's where I think the interest would come in as a fan. I think that'd be a huge fight. And to your point about friends fighting friends, I come from a wrestling background, so it would be very normal on a Saturday you're at a tournament and all of a sudden you're you're squaring off with one of your buddies and like you said, you shake hands after. But I get it because they're not in the same weight class and, and their culture is a little bit different. So as a fan, I hope it's to see it someday. That's all I can say. Uh, Andrew, what about the uh, the co-main event? Paulo Costa, he's had kind of a weird time out of the uh, the octagon lately, but he uh, he does look in phenomenal shape leading up to this fight. Taking on a guy in Luke Rockhold, who we haven't seen in a while. He's had some setbacks in health. Uh, pretty sizable underdog going into this one. What do you think of this matchup? What do you think of this line uh, going into next week? Yeah, I think this is a really rough return for Luke Rockhold. Paulo Costa, I think, is going to knock him out. I bet him at minus 255 actually earlier today. I think that line could be closer to minus 400. Brockhold has not fought in three years, has not won in five years. And um, I just think Costa is a really rough matchup for him. Coming back to 185 pounds after testing the waters at 205, he ended up getting finished by Jan Lohovic. I think Costa is much better on the feet and he just really has to touch Rockhold once. Um, I like the way that Costa's fought off takedowns in his career as well. I think Rockhold's path to victory is getting on top. He's a very good top game. Not the best wrestler, but not a terrible wrestler either. So I think if Costa keeps this one upright, he's one punch away from ending the fight at all times. Do you think uh, if, Costa, if Costa does get this, uh, do you think he's good enough to beat Adesanya? Like, he got pieced up pretty badly the first time around. Like, are there ways that he could fix? It was very weird. What did he say? He got drunk before that fight. So clearly, I guess whatever was going on mentally wasn't at his best. And we've seen him at certain times look like an absolute freak. Do you think that he could fine tune enough things to ever beat Adesanya? No, I don't. I think Adesanya is an awful stylistic matchup for him. I wish I saw it a little bit more clearly going into that first fight. I leaned Adesanya but decided to pass. And by the two minutes into the fight, I could tell I should have been on the Adesanya side. He's just a really rough matchup for Paulo Costa, someone who doesn't really pose much of a wrestling threat. I've been saying all along that if you don't, can't threaten Adesanya in the wrestling, you're in for a rough night. If you, like, it's, you're pretty much KO or bust. You're not going to win minutes in a kickboxing fight with him, and especially Costa at that point in his career seemed to have uh, a lesser gas tank than Adesanya. So the way Adesanya just rolled through him the first time, I'm not sure it would be that easy if Costa fought his perfect fight, but I do think Adesanya just has his number, and he's a really hard matchup for Costa. Unless you're Pereira, who we know that has beat him in a kickboxing fight twice, talking about Adesanya. Now we're going to see that fight coming up here in a little while. Adesanya, Andrew, is a little bit of a favorite right now. I wouldn't be surprised that goes off closer to even money by fight night. Which way are you leading in that one? Yeah, so I'm excited. They just announced that's going to be in MSG, which is my backyard, so I'll be at that fight for sure. I like Adesanya there. If you watch back their kickboxing fights, the, the first time Adesanya really should have got the decision. I mean, I'm not a kickboxing expert. I'm all in on MMA, but I do think Adesanya clearly won that fight. Second fight, Adesanya was beating him. He had Pereira rocked, and Pereira got him with a really nice shot, knocked him out. That can happen with the small gloves. Anything is possible, but... I think Adesanya is better fit for MMA. His kickboxing style fits MMA better. He's more experienced um, up against the cage and things like that. And I don't think anyone's going to shoot a takedown here, but if anyone had a grappling advantage here, it would be Adesanya. I do think he's going to beat uh, Pereira on uh, November. Not sure what the exact date is, but on that card in, uh, at MSG. How, how much do you buy into, I guess, the criticisms that he's taken for, I guess, the style of his fights lately? Not exactly the most pleasing you know people are always expecting you know sensational finishes from from style bender 
Uh, do you think those are those criticisms are warranted? And do you think this can make for a fight that will the fans will love? Or do you think he would be even more cautious against a guy who's knocked him out? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Al Davis said it best, just win, baby. Um, as a better, I love that. I was on Adesanya against Cannoneer. Fight the boring fight, get your hand raised. Uh, Chael Sun and I watch his videos a lot, and he has a great quote that's like, Next time, worry about looking good. This time, worry about getting your hand raised. And so I really like that. I think you do whatever you can to get your hand raised. He does a great job outside of the cage, including post-fight interviews, just marketing himself and making himself interesting that way. His walkouts are obviously really good. So when he gets in the cage, he's not looking to take any unnecessary risks. I think that's smart. Like if you look at the Cannoneer fight, he was winning that fight pretty much every time that he does it, the cannoneer doesn't catch him with a shot. So why put yourself in a situation to get knocked out? So you could say you fought an exciting fight. I personally would rather be the champ fighting boring fights than putting myself at risk. So as a better, no way, baby. People, yeah, as a better, you'd love to see people optimizing their win condition. I think Adesanya does a great job of that. You're right. That whole Al Davis just win baby thing, but I'm a Chiefs fan, so I don't care about any Raiders coach that have ever existed. Go out there and give me the Kelvin Gastelum fight. I don't need any more of those Joel Romero type performances. Even when people tell me that the fight versus Anderson Silva was so technical, I'm like, dude, it was okay. I mean, come on now. Anyway, our guest, you can follow him at Bets and Picks MMA. He is Andrew Gombas, CBS betting analyst. Let's talk about a couple of underdogs that we've got coming up. Sean O'Malley versus Peter Yan coming in as a huge dog. But first, Nate Diaz versus Hamzad Chemaev. Sell me, if you could, if you want to, on why I should put my money on Nate Diaz. Hey, I've got a better shot of selling water to the ocean. I don't think I'm talking to Nate Diaz here. Chemaev <laughs> is levels and levels ahead of um, Nate Diaz. Diaz is in his late 30s now. He's coming off a layoff. He's smaller than Chimaev. Chimaev has a massive wrestling advantage. I think he's better everywhere, more power. I think this is a really nasty fight for Diaz. I think it's going to be over quickly. And what do you think about that other fight we were talking about, Piotr Jan versus Sean O'Malley? First of all, are you surprised that's going down? And second of all, any way you can play Sean O'Malley? Yeah, well, I would definitely play Sean O'Malley before I played Nate Diaz, that's for sure. But... I'm, I like that Sean O'Malley got this fight because I think he's got unfair criticism in the past about ducking hard, or excuse me, yeah, ducking hard opponents, taking easy fights. And Jan's one of the hardest fights in the division for him. So shout out to Sean O'Malley for that. I think at distance, Sean O'Malley is live against anyone. He's really hard to hit. His striking defense is really, really good. It's top notch. He rarely ever gets hit to the head. In his last fight, it was a no contest. I think he didn't get hit to the head or body once the entire fight. His opponent just landed some leg kicks. In a three-round fight, I mean, Jan could be a slow starter at times. So I do think Sean O'Malley is live, especially to take that first round while Jan's kind of making his reads. I do think Jan probably has a wrestling advantage here, but we've never really seen Sean tested in that um, too bad either because he's so good at keeping distance. He's really long, rangy. You don't want to rush your entry on him because he might catch you coming in. So I'm really interested in that fight. 
I do think Sean O'Malley is a live dog in that. I'm not sure if I'll personally bet it yet. I have to watch a little bit more film, but just my pre-fight thoughts, I do think Sean O'Malley, this is not a cakewalk for Jan, and Sean O'Malley is definitely not going to be an easy night for him. But I got about a minute left, Andrew, so uh, uh, just your thoughts on that division in general. Tonight, Marlon Vera beats Dominic Cruz, Sean O'Malley versus Piotr Jan or Jose next week. Like, Which one of those do you think has the best chance to make that to a title shot uh, for the winner of Dillashaw and Aljo. Yeah. So I actually tweeted the other day, imagine if Dominic Cruz wins tonight against Marlon Vera and then TJ Dillashaw wins against Aljamain Sterling and they rematch TJ Dillashaw and Dominic Cruz for the title fight that took place many, many years ago. I personally think that would be awesome. I don't know if it'll happen. Like I said, I am picking Vera tonight, but man, that there would just be something nostalgic about that. So I really do hope that, um, that, that Cruz fight versus Vera is a number one contender's fight. But there's a lot of people you could make a case for. I mean, if Jan goes out there and dusts Sean O'Malley, you can make a case for him. If Sean O'Malley goes out there and dusts Jan, you can make a case for him. Jose Aldo versus Marab is a really important fight for the division. I really don't think the UFC can go wrong. I'm just excited to see what happens next. That'd be amazing if we saw Cruz Dillashaw this many years later. Great stuff. Andrew Gombis from CBS. He's their betting analyst joining us here on Tapped Out. You're locked into the BetQL Network. 